Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 146, episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Jackson, fuck Ben Shapiro, fuck Alex Jones. It's too late, call a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Tucker Carlson. Uh, It's Wednesday, August 12th. 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I said, miles, 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 this kitten shows thigh, babe. Uh, that is courtesy of Chrissy Yamaguchi, man. Uh, that is gross, uncomfortably sexual uh, for, for my taste, but uh, I'll go with it. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Look, I need a Arteta, need a Bukayo Saka, need a Nicholas Peppa, need a Granite Xhaka. Okay, now for people who don't really care, that's all Arsenal players. Shout out the number one club in North London, actually London, the UK, Europe, whatever you want to do. Uh, but thank you to at Fresh Frankie for that. I should have just done the Ben Shapiro voice and I'll do it again. Uh, nah, forget <laughs> it. But uh, thank you so much for that WAP inspired AKA. Wait, their number. They're number one, like in terms of fans. Come They're on, number one man. in terms of. Go there. No, yeah, no, okay. They didn't like, win I the just... league. No, Liverpool oh, okay. won the league. Liverpool Sorry. will say, and you know, I'll, I'll respect I was cur- you to Liverpool. I was genuinely curious if somebody no. doesn't follow it. I, it's like, like a fan, I root you know, for them tass- like passively. You know, it's like how, like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm definitely uh, sober-eyed when I look at my own club. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to get on the way on the men on our way back to Champions League football. But that's a whole other podcast that people. Think. All right. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the brilliant. He is Mr. Aaron Thorpe, a.k.a. Posada's Trap God. Uh, there he is. There hey, he is. what's up, y'all? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh, Thank thanks, you for, being thanks for coming on. Uh, and again, apologies for when I butchered your uh, Twitter handle when I called out your tweet that I was loving. Love your tweets and stuff. So, it's, again, another great moment on the show when we be able to, like, we go from seeing people we like on social media and be like, will they do the show? They'll come on. They got a mic. Great. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I got nothing but time, man. So, yeah. uh, I am unemployed right now. So, I have, uh, I just, I'm thankful for y'all having me on, you know. What part of the hey. country are you coming to us from right now? Um, The Dirty South, mm-hmm. Atlanta, you know, Hotlanta, ATL. Yeah. Hell yeah. What's it like being a communist in Atlanta right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, like, actually, there's like a history of like leftism in the South. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the birthplace of the civil rights movement. So it isn't completely alien, but uh, I definitely like you definitely keep our circle close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, uh, sure, sure. Given this whole anti anti police brutality kind of movement, especially down here, it's uh, you know, seeing a yeah. lot of comrades, yo. So it's good. Yeah, cool, nice. Uh, All right, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. Uh, As we mentioned on yesterday's trending, uh, Kamala is the pick for vice president. We're going to talk about that. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Ilhan Omar. Uh, You know, they came for the establishment Dems. Uh, We'll we'll talk about how well that went for them. Uh, We're going to talk about planners. Uh, marketing department still just this this storyline they've got going with Talk the about, stupid baby peanut with the baby peanut yeah he's 21 now um, <laughs> yeah and we'll talk about uh the fresh prince of bel-air becoming a drama all of that plenty more but first aaron we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are 
Uh, I mean, given the whole Kamala SVP news, my last search history from like maybe like even 30 minutes ago, man, was Kamala Harris record. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was the last thing that I looked up. So yeah. uh, did yeah, she put something out? Yeah, she she put out another locked your ass up. (laughs) Nah, she put out another policy uh, in joint statement with Joe Biden about how you know you get your student loans forgiven if you are a black person who has started a business within a black community within the past three years and your credit score is uh, uh, above a certain amount. That's what that's what she (laughs) did. Oh, so great! So very broad, sweeping proposal that many people can enjoy uh, the. Yes. Of, Big wow. tank constituency. You know the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, uh, uh, on social media, you were talking about how you were trying to reach out to her dad, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. Her dad, Um, I don't know if people know this, man. It's, it's kind of like the same thing with Pete Buttigieg's dad, where her father is actually a Marxist uh, professor, or he is a Marxist and he's a professor at Stanford University. And he has like this scathing ass like denouncement of her talking about how their Jamaican parent, his Jamaican grandparents would be uh, spinning in their graves if she knew, if they knew that she kind of like co-opted the the stereotype of the pot smoking, joy seeking uh, Jamaican. So, wow. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's always interesting to see like how how the apples fall from the tree like that. And they're just like some parents like, what? But I thought (laughs) I thought I raised you differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only to find out that your daughter is uh is, is not about it. So uh, yeah, yeah. He's supposed to. Hopefully, he'll come on uh, my podcast. Uh, I sent an email out to him, but we'll see. It's a long shot. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast? Where can people listen to that? Uh, Vanguard Army. It's uh, at Vanguard Army Pod on Twitter. Nice. And that's yeah. like yeah for for Zeitgang who don't know that's covering leftist politics in North America. That means Canada and the U.S. So yeah. yes, it does. Yeah, yes, so it does. it's it's for you know international listeners too. Yeah, maybe in our second season we'll get a Mexican uh, co-host on. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah like yeah. do like the NAFTA <laughs> fucking revenge show. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. The yeah. Turn, yeah. <laughs> and as uh, our listeners know, we cover the Dr Pepper shortage both from a American and Canadian or a U.S. and Canadian point of view. <laughs> absolutely. We had a absolutely. Canadian on yesterday to talk about that pressing issue so as as an at alien i have to have to stand for uh coca-cola man i'm sorry yeah oh really that's the that's the holy water of the south man that is it it used to have cocaine in it too yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that is how they kind of got their their head start i think above other because there were like thousands of uh tonic like sodas that were out at that time uh, during were people like, like ODing off cokes, bro? They I, were, I literally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they kind of you know were. I mean? They were called a dope, <laughs> and there were uh, places because it was all you know fountain sodas at that time, or for the most part, it was fountain sodas. And there were places where you would go and ask for like an extra strong one, and they would like double up on the syrup, so you were actually like getting high from. Uh, oh, the strength of the poor there, right? Uh, well, it's like how heroin used to be like um, used for like syrup. it was a cough syrup, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And and for it's babies, funny, for babies, it's <laughs> funny because if you go to the Coca Cola, uh, the museum or whatever it is, it's like an attraction at Atlanta. It's like the Coca Cola Center or whatever. If you go there, uh, there is nothing in there at all about cocaine being one of the original ingredients mm-hmm. in Coca Cola. <laughs> 
So I just find that kind of interesting. And so you feel yeah. like that's integral, right? Like if you're just even <laughs> explaining the the etymology of the brand, like Coca Cola. Let's talk yeah, about right. the the Coca, the Coca leaf from the Coca leaf plant. Oh, whatever. All right, let's. And I mean, it was right made on. by a junkie. John Pemberton was a Civil War veteran junkie who was trying to find basically drug treatment solutions via his like soda tonics, and was like, "Man, this works!" Like. Fucking gangbusters, and I got because these ideas, it was a different man. drug. <laughs> and I and I get people who keep coming yeah. back for more. It works. Yeah. It works out. Yeah. He's like, man, we should start a little club or something like a, a theater yeah. where like they only do stuff like that we like, you know. And um, uh, man, you got a fart too? It's like, well, oh wait, that's pre-cutting it with laxative. We talk about yes, how sh- shamelessness and narcissism is the hack for you know American society in the modern sense. But from the start, uh, putting addictive substances in your right. <laughs> food or yeah. uh, whatever you're selling is always, always, always going to be that. That's when you see that, that growth that they're like, okay, let's, yeah. let's get this shit Hell up on yeah. the stock. Ticker. Dude, I just babies getting heroin cough syrup. Wow. Could you imagine that, man? Could you imagine the people coming back, like yeah. banging on the pharmacy door <laughs> while it's closed, yes. like saying, hey, I really, really need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> baby's cough is real bad, bro. I don't know. It must be colicky or something. I don't know. The, the baby's fucking shaking, seeing, I guess, grown-ups crawling too, on like, the ceiling. People being like, uh, it's the cough syrup is straight up heroin, y'all. And they're <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It can't be that, though. For real, though. Why does my baby yeah. keep nodding off into their plate of food? But a lot of but, it does come from the Civil War because, you know, uh, heroin was first introduced as sort of a methadone for uh, opium addiction, which opium addiction was caused by, was a big problem because they were using it on the Civil War battle battlefields. Yeah, same thing with Vietnam, man. You had all these yeah. Vietnam vets come yep. back and like, you know, so, yeah. It's almost like war is like fucked up, huh? It's almost like war is a drug in which you are given drugs to continue being at war. I don't uh, know. Right. Huh. Uh, we'll have to curious, think about right. that. It's um, yeah, curious. Yeah. Um, what is something you think is overrated, Aaron? Uh, man, I had to think about this a lot, but um, I think streaming services are really overrated, man. Like, you pay for like the the criticism of cable was that you pay for all of this content that you won't watch because of like the ad buys and shit, right? Like, if you just wanted to watch, like, sports and you had, like, a thousand other channels, like, you know, about shit you didn't care about. But then with the streaming services, like, Netflix, they have all these fucking B-movies and C-movies and, like, weird-ass obscure shit that, like... I mean, I'm only, like, watching Netflix for a couple of shows, you know? And by the time that you subscribe to all of these streaming services to get all the content that you want, it's almost as much as your cable bill. It is. I was looking at him like, I might as well have bought like NFL Red Zone in 1999 on Direct. That kind of shit where you're like, bro, they got they got the fucking Sunday ticket package there. Like, and you're like, they're paying 500. Like, that's almost what I look at all the streaming bills. Like when I stack them, I'm like, I'm the fool again. Like, yeah, right. and so now I've I've had to really just think of like what what the the bare essentials are. Got rid of. See, I used to have HBO Go, and then I didn't transition to HBO Max for whatever. I don't reason. even fucking get that shit. I don't understand the difference. I yeah. don't know. Well, I'm my, using somebody because, else's account, by the way. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not and, and, for it. and full disclosure, I was too, and they stopped paying for it. So therefore, I did. Uh, oh, so you too, you too good do, to use other people's account, right? 
Are you huh? saying you too, you too good to use other no, people's No, no, I said full disclosure, I was using to... someone else's account. <laughs> That's why I don't have it, even though I said I don't pay for it. But we all, this is the parlance of our generation. Uh, yeah, yeah. No one is really paying for streaming service. Thank no, you. Shout no. out to all our parents and wealthier friends. You are, be a comrade, yo. Lend, yeah. lend out that password to somebody, man. Yeah, right? I'm curious when that like streaminal technology really hits, though. like Because you know that's like the thing the streaming services are really trying to figure out how to like crack that nut of being like, damn, how do we keep this one person from getting it on like 15 different machines? I know like there's way, to, like if there's like too many people streaming something at once, but hey. to that point where they've really figured it out, we're like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, right. like what are we going to do next? <laughs> All right, I don't know, like FaceTime your TV? Nah, just go back to Pirate, <laughs> just go back to Pirate Bay. Yo. Just, yeah, just exactly, start like right. torrenting shit again. So yeah. now they got Pirate Bay figured out in some places where- So it's if... Plex. You just got to go to Plex now. It's all in Plex. Right. Just find someone right. with a sick Plex server and you got it. But isn't that a thing that happens now that like if you pirate something, they can like see by the spike and like ha- yeah. how much you're downloading? And Your then... internet service provider will send you a letter saying that you violated like oh, some you're out here sort violating? of con- Yeah, bro. Like I've gotten letters like that before and thrown them shit straight in the trash and kept like, you know, <laughs> fucking right. torrenting like Mad Men season four or some shit. So Right. Yeah. You're like, Mad do you really Man. need this many AC alone mixtapes? Is that into rap? <laughs> like, I need all of it, man. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Uh, like, because I'm online a lot, man. Like, I think that, like, social media, um, not as a tool for, like, organizing, right? But for shaping public discourse and as, like, propaganda, I think that's underrated. Like, you hear a lot from like blue checks on Twitter and liberals that like um, Twitter isn't real life, but it really has an instrumental role, I think, in just building a consensus that yeah. leaks like outside of just social media. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, like, I think that that's sorely underrated. Now, I'm not saying that like, you know, social media is organizing one on one. But what I am saying is that if you have a platform, um, you know, you can... uh you can kind of galvanize and kind of incite people, you know, to uh, alternative ways of thinking, man. I think that for the left, especially, we got to we got to remember that. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, to that point, uh, Baby, uh, the rapper came out, you know, to really challenge a lot of his followers into some really critical thinking uh, with this tweet that he put out. I would just like to read it really quickly. He said, I'm gonna let y'all finish, but you got me fucked up if you think I ain't voting for yay. <laughs> so yeah, man. You know, the blue well, a vote for Yay is not a vote for Biden. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's like you know, yeah. so, social media, man. Like what I just realized is like because it really is an echo chamber. Like there is that downside of it where like people aren't like entertaining uh, viewpoints outside of their own. But like for my purposes, at least, like that shit is dope. Yeah, You know, I don't even have to like, I could just quote tweet somebody who's like kind of trying to troll me and I just have an army of people go after them and I don't got to do shit. Right, so, right, you know? right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the one, uh, the, the armor you have, you got, you got a lot of uh, defenders that will come, you know, to your aid on, on Twitter. The thing that's interesting too, is just seeing a lot of people, you know, like the inability to actually have someone offer a, like a counterpoint that actually is objectively like it's worth considering yeah. but like it it also like reinforces to your point like this like really like i'm shutting like shit down immediately just because i don't agree with it i mean that's not for everyone but you see that yeah. that's like i think a byproduct too of these echo chambers where you get in an yeah. environment that is the same thing enough like anything that 
like penetrates that and begins yeah. to disrupt that like it's like it's like treated as a virus almost it's like exactly. get the shit out of here it's like don't don't try and make me aware of something now like i'm exactly. i'm set on this thing exactly I'm not turning and, away yeah and i don't even use the platform to really try to educate people man because at the end of the day like i don't think i know it sounds like i'm you know like double backing on myself or being contradictory but i really don't think that twitter is like uh solely by itself an effective tool for organizing but at least for building a consensus i mean even if it's like to troll somebody who just has abhorrent heinous views right yeah um it's useful for that and you know at that point it's just like dude i'm not gonna write a multi you know a multi-thread tweet about like why you should support this candidate or that candidate like uh, you know it's i don't think that it's useful for that for that right yeah. for that yeah. level of like you know discourse but yeah, man, if you want to get some hot takes and, like, kind of shit on people and build a consensus, like, yeah. Make it Twitter. Yeah. original I idea, shit on it, them, will, yeah. it will rise to the top uh, yeah. and it'll get attention. And I was actually just reading this uh, article in an academic journal called uh, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. where uh, this mathematician, Dr. Ian Malcolm, was right, talking right. about how mm-hmm. uh, chaos, chaos and, theory, like, right. small... You know, small things can have massive impact. I mean, and like, look at this, Jack. Just a little drop. Whoa! Of water. Now watch <laughs> well, that. Now watch where that. that. Watch where that water drop went, Jack. And just this one. The little variations, the striations Whoa. on the skin. Now <laughs> neither of those drops went either direction. Yeah. Miles. They just and I just, on your I hand. just, and I, for whatever reason, I just put my dirty ass hand in my cup of water and smeared it yeah. on my, the back of my other hand. So you know. worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Um, yeah. Aaron, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Oh, man, dude. Like, yo, I just have to say, just because of my political ideology, like, just the American dream, capitalism, like, work. Like, all of that shit is a fucking myth, man. And I'm not saying this is, like, the lazy, you know, communist who doesn't want to do any work. I'm just saying, like, when you when you go to work and you get paid a wage, right, you have to understand that whatever you're getting paid per hour, that is just your boss shaving off a, like a minuscule like amount of the profit that they make from your labor. So if you make eight, if you make eight dollars an hour, you know, and you work at like I used to at a breakfast spot. Let's say I'm flipping pancakes, man. I get paid eight dollars an hour on flipping pancakes. Each of those pancakes is worth seven dollars. Even if I make seven pancakes, just seven pancakes in an hour, that's $49, right? I understand that a portion of that goes to overhead, but like, you know, people got to get the idea that you are being exploited, right? Yeah, right. By your, your boss. Being absolutely exploited, right? Exactly. He's, your, your boss, they are taking, stealing, like, you know, uh, your surplus value, right? The value that you create from your labor that you'll never see back on your paycheck. Um, and, you know, just like this kind of idea, man, of like, what what the american dream even means you know i i just think that this is a ha- i mean luckily fortunately this is a myth that like you know the millennial generation my generation is waking up to see but just consider the fact that we have a socioeconomic system which which puts at risk our habitability on this planet for the personal enrichment of a handful of dudes named john right. like literally yeah yeah. Uh, by Capitalism the way, my real name folks. is John. So uh, I, I, I can. You're on the list, bro. You're on. The I can confirm. No, no. Yeah, we're getting. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm in with the Johns, and we're good. But it, it does suck for y'all. Uh, I can't yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah. As, as, as an Aaron, seen, I can tell you it sucks. Hey, from up here, man, as a white John. Whoa, whoa, man, whoa. Things are 
uh, fucked up. I'm gonna stay uh, over here, but hey, for y'all, I'll put a yard yeah. sign up. Rest assured, I, I see you, I hear you, and we're listening, and I'm listening, and, and I'm we listening ain't gonna do shit to the baby. Uh, the baby is really cool. I don't know if you heard that album, uh, that video though with the Jabberwockies. Whoa, uh, I mean that was dope. Very, I'm cool. not gonna lie. Very and cool. <laughs> that if Joe that, Biden that, came out and said that, I'm like, okay, well maybe he's been, maybe he has been in the lab a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. If Joe Biden got endorsed by the baby, I'm pretty sure we see a significant uptake in young millennials, black millennials. I want to see him so, do yeah. a roundtable, Joe Biden with DMX, um, <laughs> DJ Premier. Uh, Joey Badass. Uh, let's see, uh, Andre and Big Boy. I just want to see like kind of what that, what that, how that conversation goes. How Joey I'm, Badass getting there, dude? I, I like met Joey. him actually. I met him in real life in New York, man. And uh, I met him at a bar once, and he was just like, just looking really like cool, but out of it. I think he was probably like really high, and I was just like, man, I never do this shit with people that I like. I'm a fan of, but I was like, yo, bro, I really like your music. And he just gave me the coolest head nod and just walked the fuck out. Oh, away. hell I was yeah. Like, yeah. I, I fanned like, the fuck cool. out on him when I used to work at a radio station and I met him because at the, I really, say, Jack, the reason I put Joey Badass in there is because at when his first shit was coming out, they're like, this kid is doing like New York golden era hip hop and he's like nine years right, old. Dead right, ass. Right. And everyone was like, nah, see, everyone's on this like fucking mumble rap, you know, fucking trap rapper shit. And he was like really coming, like he was like, I want to work with DJ Premier. Like I want to use like old Jay Dilla beats. And like for me, and I think other old rap heads were like, see, this young man, this young man understands. He knows, he knows what art is. Uh, So I told, that's, so that's why I included him there because, you know, and also he was kind of interesting and I was was surprised at his performance in Mr. Robot. Yeah. Right. Oh dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, He was really good at Mr. Robot. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, the big story of the moment is that Joe Biden has made his uh, vice president pick. Um, and it is Kamala Harris. It's the top uh, cop, California's mm. former top cop in a time where the country is going through uprisings <laughs> and having a moment to really re-examine the uh, militarization of police and how they are the constant gardeners of white supremacy. Uh, we have chosen, you know, to co-opt that energy. The former top cop of California. What the fuck? But look, you know, I think when we look at the DNC, you get it. You know, this party has never really been about the shit they say they're about. And it's all strategic. It's yeah, all it's triangulation. It's all, and, yeah. you know, again, bef- I'm going to say off the top because people, whenever whenever we begin talking Ooh, about people, Democrats, everyone wants to get mad. The, this party is fucked either way. So I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time tearing down the ticket. Okay. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, you know where we're at. You heard us during the... The, the the race for the nomination you know who we like we don't like you know that we are definitely about like it does, fuck the party we're about what the mm-hmm. what the purpose is because mm-hmm. if the purpose is not about like full-scale liberation of all like m- like marginalized people that's then it's bullshit then it's not enough and i'm oh, sorry okay, yeah. that's what's the problem and i and, and look I'm not going to take anything away. It is historic. First black woman, first Asian American on the ticket as VP. That's nothing to like to just just completely ignore. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that for me is I'm looking at what is wrong with this country right now, and what I and I think what many people feel 
uh, a lot of the remedies that are necessary. And we're still looking at a kind of politician in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that have been sort of maintaining the status quo of all of the really terrible policies that got us to this point where we even reached an inflection point with all of these uprisings and things like that. So it's that's my that's my first exhalation yeah. around yeah. all of it. Um, but I think from there, it's it's really about, you know, uh, now that they're really having their eye on, OK, this will help energize the base from the DNC point of view. This is great because it will help turn out black women uh, who have been like the core of the Democratic Party. So that's I understand that move that they're doing. She's going to she's going to be great on the campaign trail. And But then the other part that really, really makes me like not anxious, but like the thing that I'm dreading is just have to watch like the white supremacy Hulk smash conservative media machine just fully activate. And we see the exact same things that happen to like black and brown people, especially black women. That's going to happen to Kamala Harris, which I know is, is going to be oh, stuff really? like, oh, I'm, oh, in that debate, she really lost control. Uh, no right. matter what is going on, it's going to she's going to be out of control. She's going to not be speaking she speaks aggressively. A lot of those things are going to be dragged out. And like, that's the other part. I'm like, Oh God, I'm like already yeah. exhausted. Yeah. Just envisioning like mm -hmm. how all of this makes people feel going forward. So yeah. 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 I mean like, you know, it's, it's like on the one hand, uh, my family's from Jamaica, so mm -hmm. they are very excited about this. Um, but you know, Miles, you you were saying it right before we started um, that you know, skin folk ain't kin folk, right? And just mm -hmm. because you are black or you're a woman or you're gay or trans or, I mean, it it, it really you got to look at a person's record and history, and you got to look at the unique moment that we're in. I mean, Joe Biden, um, with the help of art segregationist Strom Thurmond in the '90s, helped construct the architecture of uh, mass incarceration. Um, you know, the militarization of police. And it, it it really is fitting that she, you know, as, you know, a prosecutor um, who ruined the lives of so many, you know, black people and people of color, it, it just kind of is. And also during this moment, like you're saying, of like um, of uprising um, against like systemic uh, racism, police brutality, it's almost like Biden has or the Democratic Party has put progressives and black people in a conundrum where it's like, oh, so you're not going to support the first black right. woman VP. And it's like and that's what the Democratic Party does. Right. It's it's you know, this is not my my saying, but the Democratic Party is where social movements go to die. Mm -hmm. So how cynical are you to pick a candidate that um I mean, people were railing against like before, you know, the resurgence of this whole BLM movement. It's it's so cynical, man. Yeah, it really is. It is. And like, again, I, <laughs> this is the other thing. People are going to hear this shit and they go, oh, these people just, oh, OK, well, Trump's going to win if you guys keep talking out loud like this. I'm sorry. This is not I'm not here to tell you to, who to vote for. I'm telling exactly. you as a human being with my own personal history, life experiences that have intersected with race, uh, like like DC politics and the like, I have a worldview. Um, and my worldview has been informed in such a way where I can look at the players that stand at the levers of power, look at the terrible condition in the state of the lives of working people, black, brown, trans, LGBTQ, everybody who is not a cishet white person, life is already really bad. So if we're not talking about like, full-bodied like addressing these kinds of issues it it just rings hollow you know and so on one hand 
you can have that big, you know, black tile energy, blackout Tuesday energy as a party, or say you you're, you're you know you're an ally of the BLM movement, but also at the same time you're not willing to examine the militarization of police, and you're not willing to examine like, or you want to say the second opponent says, well, it, if don't talk about defunding the police, that's dangerous, and you go, okay, well that, that's not what I meant, that's not what I meant. That's see, that's you have no purpose. Then you were just you went into it to be like, okay, how's this talking point going to do? Uh, too hot. I don't believe it enough, and I'm such a politician. I'll dial it back as to try and like just kind of maintain. And we're a, a lot of people are past that. We don't have yeah. time for incremental uh, uh, solutions to these really, really in, deeply entrenched problems we have in this country. And that's that's what the thing that makes me cynical as a human being because I'm like we are, we continue to leave so many people behind. And I want well, to, yeah. Well, well, I just like real quick, like I just for people who are like, well, aren't you concerned about defeating Trump? Like Kamala Harris, like, you know, when she was the attorney general, she failed to prosecute Steve Mnuchin's bank for, um, you know, foreclosure violations in 2013. If yeah. if if she had and, you know, this is to say that the the role of a prosecutor in this country is is not at all progressive. It's it's not really meant to hold powerful people accountable. But if she had done her fucking job, maybe we wouldn't see Steve Mnuchin in the Trump White House right now. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think this is where a part of me almost wants to zoom back further. Right. Because I can't even place this directly on Joe Biden or Kamala Harris's like on them. Because this is just the system that these people enter and they they know they willingly enter it. And we have to be sort of objective enough to be like, this the thing that they that system is completely fucked up. Like no matter yeah. like you enter it, it's just gonna chew you up and spit you out, or yeah. you're gonna get in there and you're gonna completely lose yourself in like the pursuit of staying in office. And just like clockwork, the racist bullshit attacks began fuck oh, yeah. the second it was announced. Like Trump fucking just I me mean, is like he had a tweet, the suburban housewife will be voting for me. They want safety, and they're thrilled that I ended the long-running program where low-income housing would invade their neighborhood. Biden would reinstall it in a bigger form with Cory Booker in charge. Didn't even spell Cory Booker's name right. So yeah. I, I, he knows he's losing white women's support in the suburbs. And it's, this is a nice throwback to the 60s where he's talking about the suburban housewife, you know, asking again, the constant gardeners of white supremacy, because like white women did it very well um, in the 60s. Please come back. Like, let me, hopefully, I can use this language to re-inspire. You know, that to come to my defense, please. And he continued this nonsense even on Sean Hannity later, and he said a lot of people think it's a dangerous choice. I think she is the most liberal person, supposedly, in the Senate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, like, I mean, dude. At the end of the day, man, it's just about like you know, what do you see as like progress, right? And mm -hmm. how much longer are people in this country going to be forced to decide between the lesser of two evils? And I, I really don't mean that lightly. Like people want to ask, like, want to talk about how we got where we were. How about we talk about the eight years, the eight years of the Obama administration, right? Mm -hmm. And the failed neoliberal policies that left so many people behind at a time when we were meant to believe that we were a post-racial society, especially, you know, after Bush, that things were going to get better. And like the fact that we are here at this point with Joe Biden, a dying man as the nominee of a dying party. I mean, that says a lot about like the people in power and how much of a shit they give about us. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the policies tend to just benefit their own more than anything. And it's like almost like two dying parties now going toe to toe. And then like there's meanwhile, there's an entire, you know, millennials and younger 
are looking at looking at this whole thing like, what the fuck is this? Like, we don't have like y'all keep talking about the stock market and the the gains and shit like that. And like, meanwhile, the wealth accumulation, the ability to accumulate wealth for gener- or for millennials and younger is just like gone. Oh yeah. So like, we're not even yeah. dealing like the same sentiments that they try and appeal to with like a lot of the rhetoric and things don't even like like resonate on a certain level because we're more like man all i'm seeing is a lot of suffering and like i know a lot of people who are not supported and i I, at the very least like can we can we can we figure that part out too yeah yeah i mean like especially for the democratic party and considering like their base right of younger people i mean you have this ups you have this upswell of like you know millennial socialist democratic socialist since bernie and i don't really think that the democratic party is thinking about their viability in the future Right, right. With appealing to these people who are, I mean, like myself, but even like the younger generation who are going to come of age during a time when they're in debt, um, at a time when, you know, climate change is going to be, I mean, we already see it wreaking havoc at a time when wealth and income inequality will be, um, you know, skyrocketing. And what what is your solution, right, to this, to have faux progressives, like people who have horrible records to come on and say, all right. I now have the change of heart and mind to represent you and we hear you, we see you, but it's all performative, right? It's not rooted in people's actual material needs. And again, yo, I'm not taking away the fact that this is a historic moment, but didn't we say that with Barack Obama, that it was a historic moment and where the fuck are we now? Right. Yeah. It's since, since I've been, been alive, like for, for the last 40 years, there has been no, uh, there's no like there you have the right wing party that has the conviction of its racist white supremacist beliefs and then you have the democratic party which is all about triangulation and calculating and just you know figuring out strategically where the next best move is so there's nothing anchoring anything to the left and that has that has ended up with everything just gradually like moving further and further right until now we have an actual fascist party. That's the party with the conviction of its beliefs. And then the democratic party is just actively trying to triangulate. Like they just never, it's always about, like you said, it's short sighted. It's about what the calculation is this time. Um, yeah. When it should and, be about like really looking at the state of our country and just acknowledging shit. Really, if, that's really what it is. It's it's like oh, so many, so much of like American politics is just about avoiding the acknowledgement of like just the widespread uh, disparities between people and their ability to to live a you know a seemingly stable and happy life according to the american dream but again it's just more like we're just indoctrinating people like the american dream is just like suffer and then you might hit it big right yeah that's right yeah it's just the you know i mean that's gotta suffer though you gotta when they're designing when they're designing apps like one of the most important things that they build in to make something addictive like a a phone game is like randomization and like the ability to randomly get lucky and like you know like turning turning games into a slot machine and that's why american society is like got us stuck in this cycle is because it has that kind of that is designed into the dna of the system but um i mean if you want to see how 
allergic the DNC is to actual like people with actual convictions. Look what they did to the the squad in these primaries. The most exciting, the most energetic part of their base, like the most energizing uh, thing to happen to the Democratic Party in the last, you know, uh, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. is Bernie and these women and these women, uh, they, they tried to take them out. I mean, they like some of it's, it's not yeah, clear. Oh, they all got primary. Dude, everybody all got primary. They weren't getting in the through. way of, yeah. They're and like, okay, what got primaried by people who were way more in line with what the mainstream democratic party Dude, would. The would guy want. who ran against Ilhan was some like a meditation lawyer. But, right. but, but so let me much. ask y'all though, like my, my whole theory, man, is that I don't actually think the Democratic Party is trying to win. Right? Like it's easier to be the opposition and stand like against something than to stand for anything at all. Like I think that they are the controlled opposition where they would rather be in a position to say, well, we couldn't get these policies through because the Republicans wouldn't let us. We see this in New York. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, is famous for doing this. For uh, colluding with the, uh, I think it's the IDC, the Independent Democratic Caucus, which is like these uh, Democratic uh, state senators who have broken off from the Democrats they caucus with Republicans in the New York state legislature. And what he says always is like, well, couldn't do this because, you know, the Republicans wouldn't let us. It's like, nah, dude, you guys have the same corporate, corporate donors and overlords. Like, you don't want this to happen. And I don't really think that they want to win. Right. Like uh, if you really wanted to win, you would at least like nominally, like, you know, ostensibly pivot left. Right. And make these promises that you have no intention of keeping. But Joe Biden, even now during a pandemic, is like Medicare for all. Like, nah, you know, well, I think because it's I mean, yes, it's because if they I don't know if it's like really about like winning or not winning. It's just about not going fully advocating for people because if you didn't then you up and upend this whole like corporatocracy oligarchical fucking system so in that way like i mean yes i guess it, it, it's sort of just the same coin where it's easier to just disingenuous be like well i can't do that like what if they're not going to vote what do you want me to do like get voted yeah. out and like yeah. really you want me to really just go for it as a politician and like yeah. really draw a line and say like this is what i'm i'm not going to do that that's not how it works because then this will happen well you if you had mean? a if you had a if the democratic party was an actual an actual party and not like this fucking exclusive club of like failed sons and failed daughters of people <laughs> that wanted to go into fucking business the business world but they failed to do so if they actually like believed in like winning they would galvanize like you know the millions of like working people young people you know people of color across this country the people who don't fucking vote Right. Instead of like, <laughs> right. like, like we see in fucking Kentucky, right. With Amy McGrath, like the, uh, democratic challenger to, uh, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell yeah. right. When, when fucking Charles Booker, which was an actual, he was an actual progressive. Right. And like, I, I think he, he, I think he might've even like out. Now you didn't know he out her, but he got really, really close. Yeah. He did right? like the velocity was Wild. Yeah, he yeah. just went from zero to like 60 so quickly. Well, because like, so many people saw like, well, McGrath was like a sort of big D Democrat. And then right. you had someone who was more in line with what the feeling was in the country of like, oh, this person gets it. This person right. is saying like, I'm trying to do it. Like, 
Do but guess what though? Fucking Amy McGrath now is 17 points behind, behind Mitch McConnell. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, like good fucking job, you know, Democratic yeah. Party, like putting up this candidate that you know is going to fucking lose. But right. the thing is, you know, like just, and knowing this just from like working and lobbying and things like that, when you when your clients work in a certain industry, you're going to say, I don't like this senator because he keeps talking about doing some kind of analysis on what the tax benefits are like, you know, what what Pell Grants do for my industry. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. So you're going to have to figure out how to either get this person out of office, do this or do. So in, in that sense, like with Amy McGrath, you have someone like, uh, you know, a challenger coming up who you're going to say, oh, this this threatens to actually upend my business because the, the things that this person is talking about means I'm going to have to either pay more in this or receive less in this department. And yeah. then it's now like, get that person the fuck out of there because right. we just know like if they get too much power, that affects my bottom line as a business owner. And I think that's where I, let's go for the comfortable thing because at least Ms. Mitch McConnell, like they all, at least Republicans bang with business owners. So like, right. oh, yeah. I don't care if the, I don't care about the suffering of marginalized people, like, but my, my very narrow, like economic existence, you know, whatever, fine. It doesn't need you know. to be a conspiracy where someone is saying, okay, let's lose this election. It's that they have priorities and the first priority is like we talked about, like the the one thing that stuck out to me from uh, listening to the Pod Save shows is they talked about how the very first thing you do right. when you're evaluating a candidate is look at the f- the donors that they have in their phone book. Like you actually take their phone and go through it and see like what kind of uh, connections they have for fundraising. So. Funding is the top priority, and then you get into... like The thing that should be the top priority is... like If you were just evaluating this as a meritocratic system, like this dude has so much energy behind him. He is... like That is talent. That is what political movements are built on, and instead they just put all their their weight behind the the person who has, you know, but the, the problem is all these big movements, with. all these big movements ask for one thing, equality or liberation. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is just not going to, that's this, no, it's fighting to, a system that's built to like prevent that. Right. To, to like, to kind of like, you know, I don't know how many of your listeners are going to be familiar with this. They're probably going to be hearing this kind of idea for the first time, but I know that they sense it, right? Like, you know, Lenin uh, wrote this really great book on the state called state and revolution and uh, Marx has said this too. I mean, Lenin is getting his cues from Marx, but I mean, the state exists to mediate class relations. The state exists to uh, aid the capitalist class in oppressing the working class, right? I mean, like this shit is literally built into the constitution. It's even built into the ethos of the Declaration of Independence, right? Life, liberty, and like the pursuit of happiness, which was the pursuit of property, Right. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, I think that people really have to understand that, like, in in this system, I mean, electoralism, uh, for for whatever it's worth. Right. And I'm not saying that, like, I mean, even me, I have nuanced views. Right. Like, I'll support down ballot candidates. Right. But just understanding, just understand that this system really is not designed to affect any change. I mean, my political science professor, I was taking classes at Georgia State, said it best. Um. This system prevents, and the architecture prevents anything from happening, anything bad, but also anything good, right? So right. I just want people to really understand, like, um, what what does it mean to say, like, we're backing a candidate like Cory Bush, right? A candidate like Cory Bush is one, right? Someone who has come up through the working class, at one point used to be homeless, someone who's unabashed 
like in her lived experience as like, you know, a working class black woman. And to say that she like unseated this like, you know, dynasty, right, of like uh, these establishment Democrats. I mean, what that means is that at this time, like people all across this country are seeking an alternative to like, you know, the 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 dichotomy of the two parties. Mm-hmm. You know, and what it means to be a Democrat. I mean, what does it even mean to be a Democrat? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think a lot of people having that moment, like, I feel like we're Democrats have been like, am I bad? Like, is it bad? Like, is the part I thought this was the good party? Because I think some yeah. people look at Democrats as like a binary and like, they're like, Democrat, good, Republican, bad, rather than being like, whole thing fucked up. Uh, yeah. But I don't have to be that. Exactly. You know what I mean? And exactly. then people take it very personally when it's like talking about the party. It's like, but do you, va- hold on, because wh- where I'm speaking from is a place of just like, do you agree with the sentiment that mm-hmm. people who are vulnerable need support, that we have completely uh, dismantled for hundreds of years uh, the ability of black people in this country to move up socioeconomically, like completely. D- and if we believe that, then let's let's focus on that. Let's not get all this other language, like are this like these the, the part of like, I'm a Democrat or whatever, but really be moving forward and with the sense of just like, don't release that first, figure out what your values are as a human being. Do you think people, people shouldn't be able to live just because they can't afford it? Right. Yeah. Do you yeah. believe that you don't yeah. believe that? Do you believe that it's fucked up that people should like, they can't, if you're seeking like a life affirming surgery as a trans person, that insurance company should be able to be like, yeah, I don't know. Like, fuck that. I don't want to spend the money. Like, do you think that every person is a human being that deserves a certain amount of dignity? Like just in general, then like, let's really think about that too, because it doesn't have to get completely co-opted with like the sort of party stuff that, you know, we just were used to looking at like American politics through. Well, I mean, like it's, it's like somebody today said to me, um, Somebody today said to me online that uh, this fucking insane fucking guy, yo, like people like that are really online on the left know him. He's like a K-Hive, like Stan, whatever. Like he said that he, he after all my tweets, he recorded this video because that's what he's famous for, recording these like rants, right? And he was like, oh, come debate me. Come see me, Posada's Trap God. Like, as a black man, my job is to protect black women. And I was just like, bro, shut the fuck up, man. Like, if you if your job is to protect black women, what about all the black women who whose lives were ruined by Kamala Harris's policies? The problem with liberals, man, is that they talked about how Bernie supporters um, were entertaining a cult personality. But that's all these fucking people do. Right. Right. These people literally want to elect someone who they feel could be their teacher, their best friend, their fucking therapist, their soccer mom. And they don't give a shit in so far as like this person's policies. Yeah. What that means for people who are not them. Exactly, dude. And it's like, motherfucker, like, yeah, I was a Bernie, bro. You know what? Like Bernie disappointed me. You know, I supported him. He disappointed me. But I don't. He's just a vessel. Right, right for these yeah. ideas he's not like some fucking god that i can't criticize and the fact that these people like they're they're idealists is what it is and i don't mean idealists in the sense that they're hopeful it means that they think that all the circumstances like you know everything right now history and the current predicament that we're in is motivated by ideas by people with great ideas i'm a materialist Right. That doesn't mean like I hoard shit and I buy shit, but it means that to me, history is motivated by material circumstances. History is a class struggle. It's about power. It's about resources. So 
I don't, you know, like I really have to question these people and their commitment to any sort of liber, like emancipatory, emancipatory movement. Yeah. Right. right. So, yeah. Well, I think that's what the thing is. It all the it all depends on your level of engagement because some people engage with it just so they can have a a side to be on and argue with people. And mm. then I think for people who are really looking at what the lived experience is of human beings, like within these walls and borders, then it's a different thing. Cause now you, you know, like I've like when you work with people and you're in your side by side with people who, you know, need help and you know, like they're going to go home to a place that is, has no electricity, hot mm. water. And this is fucking America. And mm. And richest just country sort of, in the history of the world. Yeah, and just dealing with it, that makes me sick. Like, I don't, like, that idea is really fucked up. Like, as a person, I, you know, it's idealistic, but I just feel every person deserves just a certain base level of stability exactly. and caring due exactly. to that. Exactly. That's it. That's it. And how we get there, I don't know how we get there, but I know that's the thing that's like, move, that's that's the reason I get on this mic. That's the reason I'll, I'll just, I'll say whatever the fuck I want to, but that's where I'm coming from. I really believe that every single human being, they deserve the same fucking shot and they deserve the same place to start from. But when we're not dealing uh, with it uh, and you just get caught up and like, oh, go off queen and your kente <laughs> cloth and they recumbent. <laughs> what the fuck? No. <laughs> I'm talking about young kids getting fucking <laughs> murdered by police and yeah. there's no fucking justice. Yeah. I'm not yeah. I don't give a fuck what someone is wearing or whatever the fuck because that doesn't take some that doesn't reverse time and make the bullet exit this child's body and breathe life back into their soul like that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So if we're not talking about shit that's preventing all this real dark shit, then we get lost in all the like you know the fucking circus of politics and that's where it, it's that's where people just get distracted. Yeah. And I, that, that's what's disheartening. It's like you get so caught up in like what, you know, I said about your favorite politician. Yeah. But what I'm well, you're not seeing the anger that I have for the situation that people are subjected to in their day to day lives. It's not about Biden or Kamala or Barack Obama. It's the fact that people don't have shit and, and no yeah. one gives a fuck. And then the richest people continue to do so. And there's there just doesn't there's just no problem with that. Well, like that. That being said, man, like welcome to the club of comrades, man. This is no, why I mean, like so many people are fucking mad online, dude. Because yeah. it's like y'all care more about aesthetics, right, than like actual like materialism, right? Like, what, like, what, what does anyone think that Joe Biden, right, a candidate who is you know a, a co-architect of this whole system of mass incarceration? I mean, someone who. They used to call him the senator from MBNA or yeah, I think it was MBNA, which was like a like Delaware apparently is like a haven for like insurance companies and credit, credit card yeah, companies, I mean, right? Yeah. Credit card companies. And they used to call him the senator from MBNA, which is one of these credit card companies. <laughs> I mean, given this fucking history, like why the fuck do y'all think that at 70 something years old, this motherfucker is going to have a change of heart where he's going to be like you know what? I really do think Black Lives Matter, and I'm willing to defund the police. No, motherfucker, he wants to give them millions of more dollars, yo, yeah. so they could continue terrorizing communities. So, like, for all the people out there, like, getting upset, I'm just asking you, like, yo, how about you check yourself and your own sense of, like, privilege and history, yeah. right? Before you fucking come at me or anybody at all who's saying, like, well, maybe we could do better. And yeah. I'm not telling you what you do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what you don't have to do. I'll put it yeah. that way, you know? Or at the yeah. very yeah, just just take a look, please. Just yeah. like 
just take a second to breathe. I'm not I'm not invested in Donald Trump winning. I'm not a Russian fucking rabble rouser, Asian provocateur or some shit. Yeah. I'm a, uh, a a man of color living in this country who has seen the lived experience of my my black African American family and what their life has been like in this country to a Japanese mother and what her life has been like on the other side of U.S. imperialism and mm-hmm. fucking world war and shit like that, getting mm-hmm. nuclear bomb. I've just, I, that's just what I grew up with. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see a movie to inform my opinion. I heard from my grandparents how horrific shit was on both sides. And I go, Oh my God. And I would see my grandparents cry. That that's, that'll fuck you up as a kid. And you go, Oh my yeah. God, man, I don't, yeah. that's a bad world to live in. Why? Because yeah. of this, because they just needed, they wanted to sell more X product in this place that wasn't mm-hmm. vibing with the, the yeah. and you, then, then you, then you start, you, you, you start yearning for something better. And that's all it is. Just something good, man. Something where you don't have to look at the suffering and just be like, well, maybe the people and and like maybe there's some legislation that'll get us out of this. It's just it's just there's a lot of darkness and I feel like we need to we need to be able be able to see it for what it is and not get offended by the fact that shit hasn't been done but say, "You know what? Shit hasn't been done, but fine, let's do something different now and not exactly. get too caught up." You know, like don't have all this liberal guilt, like yeah. the new white guilt. Like, well, yeah. I didn't, I didn't vote for mass incarceration and yeah. I didn't, I'm not saying you did, but yeah. please, but please look at the people we are empowering and what they do, because you might not be on the other side of those guns being drawn at you because you, you were getting attacked and the police just thought you were the suspect because your skin was dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't, you don't, that, that experience might be different from person to person, but at least have the ability to see like, oh, wow, if this person doesn't support the right of uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, let's say like again with Kamala Harris and uh, trans prisoners who are asking mm-hmm. for uh, surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? What that experience is like for that person. Don't just obscure that experience for someone. Try and say, what if I was a person who was struggling? I needed this thing that would affirm my life, my sense mm-hmm. of self. Mm-hmm. And it's that being make denied you human. to me. That would make you human, man. Yes. And I and think we, and as a funny aside, man, like uh, I just think that like the the. People thinking that she's going to crush Mike Pence in the debates. And I just want to like, I might tweet this shit out later, man. I just want to redirect people to the time that Tulsi Gabbard, which is a candidate that I did not support and still don't mm-hmm. support, um, just tore her apart with her mm-hmm. like record as a prosecutor. And I'm gonna, I'm going to ask you if you don't think that Mike Pence and Trump have a, a have a dossier on this woman, yo, and yeah. like everything that she's and they're going to use it cynically. Mind you, but I, I mean, uh, yeah. just when the announcement came out, I was like, "Watch, they're going to be like." I mean, her, she she absolutely refused to prosecute killer cops. I mean, what 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 are you going to do about Bro, that? Bro, they already like, do. Oh, they already y'all do give it. a fuck. Y'all give a fuck now, <laughs> dude. I I have completely kind of checked out to be honest out of presidential politics, just because like I think that that shit should be abolished anyway. The presidency, man, it's just kind of just fucking insane. But like, even so, like. You know, I, I would have rather prefer I would have preferred to see somebody like Barbara Lee, right? Like I would have preferred sure. to see somebody who's actually like a progressive. But if you're gonna put somebody up like like somebody up like Kamala, like Kamala, you have to consider like how much ammo, right, can be like like used against her. And if this, especially for young people, young people of color, if this is what, if this is the direction you really want to go right now, and what that says. To all of the people who have been crying out for defunding the police and saying Black Lives Matter. And on top of that, if you were saying defund the police and Black Lives Matter, and now you're like, oh, 
like fucking I'm with Kamala, you got to choose one motherfucker. Yeah. Can't pick both. So, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. We'll be right Mark. back to wrap things up. And we're back. Uh, and during the break, we managed to get on the subject of flavor of love. Uh, <laughs> a classic. Flavor Flav is sixty-one years old. That's a I mean, that's a fact. I mean, it was a natural. <laughs> it was a natural transition out of our our gripes with the the Democratic establishment to then go and and one more thing, flavor of love. Let's get on that. Flavor of love. Season one. Yeah. Season two. Don't. Nah, bro. Like. Nah. Yeah. They were wound. Uh, but you know, shout out to Peaches. The the whole thing was like really interesting. Yeah, like that show. I'm just thinking, like now you could not do that show. Like nah. it, it's absolutely like the most, uh, you know, uh, aggressively like chauvinistic like women <laughs> as objects who don't have real names, uh, yes. and like you fight over this man show. Uh, so it's like I guess a more fun version of The Bachelor. Uh, yeah, but you yeah. know, it, it's it's yeah. hard to see that show, that kind of thing happening now. Yeah, uh, it it is right now. It is my guilty pleasure. It's pure entertainment when I'm like really stoned and I want to feel good about myself. I just like check out some flavor, you know, flavor, flavor, man, flavor yeah. of love. I check out, you know, that first season, New York. Shout out to her. Well, actually, no, yeah. she didn't win. It was, was fucking hoops. Yeah, hoops won. Yeah, who got married to Shaq? Word. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because she was. Yeah, there, there, a lot of people move on to. You know, better things. Flavor of love. It's like Harvard Business School, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Check up on these people in 15 years, man. They'll probably be running shit. Celebrity <laughs> Harvard Business School. Uh, um, let's talk to Ilhan Omar real quick. Uh, just because this completes the, you know, cycle of... I'm so, I'm so happy she just fucking mopped... Handily beat him. Just destroyed yeah. this dude. It it makes me uh, a little bit nervous that uh, the mainstream media is so still so fucking like they're like she's in trouble. Uh, literally every time one of the squad was up for a primary, they're like she's in trouble this time. Well, yeah. well now she's really in trouble. And it's I mean, just if like, you can, yo, if you can win the seat that easily, you can lose it just as easily, right? You know? And it's, it's not it's like, not because they're actually riding a wave, an actual wave, uh, totally support disconnected on the from any any energy any anything that's real about like somebody's a political movement um i mean so. but also isn't her district if i'm correct like her district is like heavily like somali american or like you know with somali um somali immigrants so it's just kind of like the fact that you thought that you could win. I mean, it's like the same thing with like AOC's district, right? Which is like, like the audacity. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like like you you've just never been challenged before, right? <laughs> like, why the fuck would you think that people who like look like this person and like are even from where she is from, right? Why they would not vote for her? And you could come in and say like, nah, y'all should vote for me because she's not the real deal. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, Aaron, he's exactly. crushing it in the endorsements game. And that yeah. is one of the first things that people care about when they go into uh, someone from the NAACP, the former Minneapolis NAACP president <laughs> endorsed him. Therefore, black people, you know what to do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? The like, fuck? we're supposed no. to just fall in line, yo. Like, no, nah, fuck out of here. It's really, but yeah. And like, it's funny because, like, when they talk to the constituents, they're like, they clearly have not been here because, like, Ilhan is out, like, literally in these streets. Like yeah. we, she's accessible. Yeah. People know her. 
she's just like it's it's like it was more like a head scratch me like i don't yeah i i yeah. guess they don't whatever fine well, and i'm to sorry to point, that man but to some point too though man <laughs> this shit happened with um god man i think it happened with cory bush and it happened with god what's the other candidate i forget but it happened with a couple black progressive candidates where they tried to do like you know these uh heavily racialized like you know, uh, opposition campaigns where they would darken the skin of like black candidates and all this type of shit, like for fear mongering, like even Democrats do it. And it was just kind of like, yo, if if you can't make like people scared of like a Somali American who proudly wears her job in Congress, there's no way you're going to get, you know what I'm saying? Like there's no right. way you're going to get people to turn against her, yo, because <laughs> right. she's been there for two fucking years. It's not going to work. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to her congrats yeah seriously oh just a quick clarification Kamala Harris is not the first black woman to run for VP that was Charlotta Bass who ran uh, in I think what was this over a half century before Um, yes so just yeah for the progressive party in 1952 so shout out to her so it's yeah that's why the media is always saying one of the main party uh, candidates Oh, is that what they're major party? Major party, always, yeah. Yes, yeah, major, by. yeah, majorly did, fucked up. Did y'all uh, see that tweet from John Kasich though? Like, because the Times erroneously reported that it had been like the first time, like in like a long time, some shit like that, that a like a man and a woman have been on a ticket or something like that, and like he pretty much like like through Twitter raised his like you know pointer finger up and it was like, excuse me, and like <laughs> people were like, motherfucker, we didn't even remember you ran. <laughs> you know, like fucking, not not John Casey, smart Tim Kaine. That's his name. Fucking Tim Kaine, Hillary's uh oh yeah, VP Tim man, oh, yeah, yeah, who looked like a Batman villain or some shit like that, man. Yeah. Like, but he spoke Spanish. That was the least Spanish. human I've That's ever seen thing. a human being appear <laughs> in my life. Was his performance at the VP debate where he started speaking Spanish and just like it was just the most affected. Like you couldn't Daniel Day Lewis if he studied for years <laughs> could not have put. <laughs> that performance together right. it was so strange. Wait, you be, you be besides so Pete Buttigieg. What's forgot that? About Pete. You forgot about Pete Buttigieg, man. Oh, that's not no, totally no. fair. Pete Buttigieg yeah. and fucking Beto O'Rourke who broke out spontaneously into Spanish at the yeah. debates, yo. <laughs> at least like, Beto's felt a little more, had a little more Tim swag like, to has it. some otherworldly energy that's just like <laughs> so synthetic yeah. that is... It's like know. he's powered by a black hole inside. Right. Like it's some other weird energy source. Not like right. whatever like electrons or shit flowing through him. It's perfect like, Hillary Clinton choice. But it's funny though when you see those like moments where like these never like they'll just trot out there like, you know, oh, I'm bilingual. In case I'm yeah. not just a white guy. Uh yeah. like it's almost like Michael Scott is running the DNC from the <laughs> office. And he's oh, like for sure. He's like, use a little Spanish. They're gonna love that. And then you <laughs> you do some break dancing and let them know that you used to be a choreographer in an inner city uh youth center uh for a dance troupe. Okay, and then you'll do this and you know how to Millie rock. Okay, great. And then you'll shoot a, a three-pointer. It's like oh God. All right, let's talk about important stuff. Uh planners marketing department is still doing that baby peanut shit. Uh, and I think just as uh, the daily zeitgeist, we want to ask them to stop. Yeah, um, just so that'll end just off the strength yeah, of uh, please. this second rate podcast. It is our official. Really. It is our official position that you should stop that shit. It's weird, uh, and please. I don't like it. The, wait, uh, so the baby, the baby's twenty one now. Okay, because and they're, they're then the doing, baby fucking wait, wait, yeah. hold on. The baby's voting for Kanye. Wait, now we're talking about the baby peanut from the baby planter. peanut, okay. right? And the, 
But the last commercial ended with the old man dying and then there being the birth of a new baby peanut. That was dirt. That and was the baby this was Super like, Bowl, hey, right? it's me again because uh, reincarnation is real and uh, yeah. not, not your uh, Judeo Christian conception of the afterlife is bullshit. Oh, um, shit. Okay. That's yeah. Also, that was the subtext. Like- how how down are peanut sales for these motherfuckers to like like nobody asked for this right like right, nobody yeah. asked for this yo I just the the world of marketing is the evil. the strangest evil Ooh. most evil like just Bias. I wanna be like please somebody find the footage of the pitch for this of the pitch for uh just. So some of these ideas are so bad. Who Any buys Pepsi peanuts commercial? though regular? Like I like peanuts. I like almonds. I like nuts. They're great. Yeah. And, but like I don't know. I mean, who's like the consumer yeah. that they're Ca- activating? Cab drivers, um, elephant handlers, uh, <laughs> people, people, people who are waiting in hospital waiting rooms. Bored baseball uh, fans. But yeah, just like you know what? I got some fucking peanuts. I'm gonna eat these shits, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna shell these things in my garage. Yeah. But I mean they're kind of they're like salty protein pellets for the capitalist. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not uh, agent, saying they're bad. So, I'm just like yeah. thinking of like how like who are those like real, you know, like cause I feel like my grandparents had like the one wild ass like barrel of peanuts that lasted damn near my entire like educational career. Right. Like that for like a one time. And but like it's like I feel like uh, who who among us are the regular purchasers who are like, yes, planters, no matter what, you have my money, my support. Nah, you know what gets me though, bro, is the people who eat sunflower seeds. Like, yo, first of all, motherfucker, if you are eating sunflower seeds in public, especially on public transport. And I see you get up, and in your seat is like a pile of sunflower oh. seashells, bro. Like I'm gonna call you the fuck out. That shit yeah. is human bird food. You y'all need to stop. <laughs> eat, a, eat, a, eat, a, eat a fucking sandwich. Eat like a steak, like an action. Like, or if you're, yeah. you know why? But I like it's like it's like the wing, the wings of seeds, where it's a little more interactive. You know, I'm just not like going for like you know if you if you like that weak shit, then eat the fucking boneless nuggets. Okay, get your shelled sunflower seeds. I'll put a little work in. But the thing is, I'll never eat sunflower seeds like casually. Like it's always on a road trip or I'm like camping or I'm like outside where I know I can just be like, (laughs) just like spinning them shits out everywhere. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's like, because I remember spending the longest time as a kid. I used to just eat the whole shit. Cause oh, I didn't have the whole seed. Yeah, no, cause that shit the... is still inside you right oh, now. I don't, How did yeah. you not get ulcers, man? Like... I don't know, man. But you know, uh, my shits haven't been right for at least fourteen years. And so <laughs> the whole thing with that is like, I just didn't have the the like the technique to shell a peanut. You know, like, cause you would see yeah. someone like an adult yeah. eat a sunflower seed, and like, what the fuck? like, put that shit in it, like, yeah, like, like, watch that all shelled. Yeah, see you next year, and then take off. You're like, whoa. So just like little specks of, and I'm like, I'm like, still to this day. Like when I get frustrated, I just I revert to like cave brain. So like, right. if I'm like, I remember putting curtains in, I couldn't get the drill like the drill bit right. I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, just like smashing it. <laughs> so like, with the sunflower seeds, it's the same reaction. I was like, I'm like, what the, how do I get that shit? And I'm like, fuck it. I'm eating the whole goddamn thing. Like, shit. <laughs> nah, yo, it's, it's a fine technique, man. You know. You ever, oh my God. you ever stub your toe on an inanimate object and then hit and it? Beat the shit out of it. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Fuck you, man. Oh yeah. I do that. that shit up, throw it out the I window. Just, yeah. I'm on my fourth bed. <laughs> <laughs> this week. 
Yeah. Or I'll be like, oh, I'll, or I'll be, I'll do the thing where I'll be like, hey, I'll stub my toe and I'll just look at it. And I'll be like, okay, next time I see you, it's fucking ugly, bro. Wait. So if I see you in these streets, it's yeah. all sight. And then Her yeah. Majesty, my partner, she'll be like, why is the bed frame on fire in the alley? I'm like, bro, I don't know. Must have fucked around oh, and found you, out. You didn't do that? <laughs> no, I think the bed found out. The bed found out what fucking fuck time it was. <laughs> fuck around and find out, right? <laughs> My four-year-old has grown out of that phase already. Like, he used to hit things when, like, he wow. would bang his knee on it or something. And now he's just, like, kind of laughs it off. And I have not, We could all learn from I him. I know. I have yet Is he to giving lessons? Of that. Does he do uh, one-hour therapy sessions? I mean, he <laughs> meditates for three hours every morning, so he's... Right. Uh, and he's levitating yeah. and shit, too, but keep that yeah, on Yeah, he's pretty good at it. Uh, all right, Aaron, it has been so fun having you, man. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at uh, Posadist, not Posadist. Nah, I'm fucking with y'all. Posadist, <laughs> yeah, Trap go. God. Uh, also, too, if I could real quick, man, I'm a part of a... Uh, independent black owned uh media network uh called uh resistance noir um i don't even know how to spell that right now i don't know if you guys can put that in the show notes or i can like whatever oh yeah that'll be oh, yeah. yeah it's a it's a black uh independent uh media network where you know man like we're, we're just trying to like speak to uh black folk it's for but i mean anyone could listen to it but it really is like kind of a, a little space on the on the internet, um, you know, for fellow uh, black comrades or just for anybody who wants to engage with more uh, radical black content because it's sorely missing in the leftist mediascape. So uh, people can check that shit out, too. Yeah, check it out. Right. Is yeah. there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, hell yeah, dude. So uh, I saw this tweet, man, from uh, Benjamin Dixon. Uh, he's one of my favorite posters and uh, this is the 10th, so it was like two days ago. He said, uh, no one, absolutely no one, absolutely no one throughout all of time and space. <laughs> ben Shapiro, quote, personally, I prefer, I prefer dry ass P word. <laughs> so I thought that shit, that, I wanted to do the Shapiro voice, like Miles, maybe, or just like Jack. Yeah. I, prefer, I prefer dry ass P word. <laughs> that, it's yo, better, that's too good. It's more trustworthy. I can trust I, when it's dry. I can trust it. You don't know if it's wet. It's slip. It's slippery. Just by, it, 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 I, I think you guys get it. If it has the consistency of sandpaper, I am. Oh, with it. I'm with it. Don't worry. And you know, I just, I, I pray for anybody who is with someone with a wet ass p word because uh, thoughts and prayers to you. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, yeah, uh, that was that, that happy died. So yeah, <laughs> Miles, where can people? Uh, find you and follow you. What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Woo. I'm still thinking about Ben. Sh I think everybody's still thinking about the where how Ben Shapiro's wife is explaining to him <laughs> what is going on. I still still think about that. Um, find me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, PlayStation Network. Some occasionally at Miles of Gray. Uh, also, my other podcast. If you haven't heard, I do another podcast where I get high and talk about 90 Day Fiance, that trash fire of a reality show. <laughs> Uh, with Sophia Alexander, so check that one out. Uh, some tweets that I'm liking. First one is from at Driving Me Maddie. It says, "Imagine thinking cooking is a feminine role. Just boil the water, Bradley. You useless piece of shit." Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, another one is from at Yikes Seth underscore. Uh, it's like, 
there's like a quote tweet of a Fox 5 DC post that says, school district says no pajamas for online classes. And she writes, LMFAO, what y'all going to do, send me home? <laughs> uh, and then another one school. from at yes, at yes Jamel uh, just tweeted, the casino need a Uno table. Man, that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, I think we all it's a good I one. Mean, we all agree. I, I hate to digress, though. Do you do the Uno strategy where you try and just build like the fucking Satan hand to just like oh, yeah, vaporize, yeah. like where yeah, you'll kind of do you can one. Fuck, yeah, like yeah, it's, it's possible you fuck yourself up, and you're like, oh fuck, they got two, but I got five. But if it comes to me and it's blue, I could. It's yeah. over for everybody. <laughs> it's just like putting all the cards down. All that's at like once. the high. I feel like of Uno, and I yeah. feel like if there if it was at a casino, there should be modifiers for like come like whatever hand you come up with and you uno out of like yeah. you you like multiply your pot by that so if you had a six card hand and then you da, 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 uno out boom give me the chips yeah. i'm gone take your chips and walk glad this <laughs> vegas casino is still open amidst a pandemic and i salute you for not enforcing these draconian mask laws. <laughs> <laughs> has anybody ever done has anybody ever done like a casino that has like jenga and like shit like that that would be Yo, that'd be a tight ass idea, right? Yeah, you know what? Like, like just a, mad kids games and shit. That's the new like cottage industry. Given like quarantines, it's like right. you just have these like sort of low, st- like kind of very accessible games, but like people are betting big on it. Oh no, nah, yeah. they not lo- exactly. They not low yeah. stakes. They high stakes as fuck. Oh, it's only you know whales like, only. Whales if, only. If you knock that in that Jenga tower, bro, you are gonna be in debt. That's how. We oh yeah, no. <laughs> oh, we play ten. We play ten stacks a piece here with Jenga. <laughs> fuck you talking Each about? Each week plus ten stacks, bro. <laughs> Pull out my blocks, lay them shit on the table, yo. I'm ready. <laughs> you come with your own kit, like you have a case, like a pull shark. <laughs> like a briefcase that you open yeah. up, yeah. And they're colored and shit like that. Like right, you're a veteran, right. dude. Damn. Uh, Damn. Another tweet I've been enjoying is from Suki. Tweeted on the phone. Me, dad, don't freak out, but I'm in at hospital. Dad, you're a doctor. Stop doing this every morning. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist we're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram we have a Facebook fan page and our website DailyZeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on Miles what's it gonna be today? I was just thinking uh, about like Radiohead and I was making a joke like how I'm Mm. washed and just like one of these Radiohead like music nerds Uh, but I wanna play a cover by Leanne Le Havas, uh, she's a wonderful artist. If you've not checked her work out, my God, she's a fantastic singer. She's a, her like everything about the songs she she does are so good. They speak to me. The instrumentation, the compositions, the people playing with her, always solid. So she did a cover of "Weird Fishes" by mm. Radiohead, and mm. but she gives it that fucking soul that you know. Obvi- look, Tom York has his own vibe, but like. Nothing like Leanne Lahava's taking it, giving you a little bit extra. So this is her cover of Weird Fishes. Do the Youngs not fuck with Radiohead? I've seen like a few memes where people like it's like a trope of like older people bands or whatever. Right. But you know, I don't give a shit. Like, man, I'm, I'm 29. I, live my, now. I love Radiohead, man. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I don't give. I, the bottom line is, I think like all of. I don't care. Like my life isn't affected by like what a, like someone else is like. I have. I our lives are so short. I can only live a world where like I'm engaging with the things that I like and not worrying about how that's perceived. That's your uh, obviously doing as that a morally. Younger person. Yeah, and, yes, we're doing that morally. Hmm. Okay. I'm not allowed to. I, I have to study every morning what's cool with Gen Z uh, as a 40 year old. You get to, nervous. Yeah. They're going like, to me. No. Man, that's <laughs> They're like, I, I said something wrong. Yeah, like, are pro keds still cool shoes? 
<laughs> bro, like, I, I am not even that much older than them, man. But I, I make sure that I follow a couple of Gen Zers just so that, like, you got to. Because one yeah. day these motherfuckers are either going to cannibalize us in the revolution or in the climate right. apocalypse, or they're going to start the people's revolution. So, you know, yeah. You gotta... Or they're going to come through, yeah, like the Dothraki, like from the shadows. <laughs> and they're like, oh shit, they came through, thank God. <laughs> I thought they left us. I thought they left <laughs> Yeah, they're like, ah, we here. And I'm like, yes. Come, Zoomers, come. <laughs> <laughs> You're just as broke, if not broker than us. We have a shared vision of the future. Let us run forward. Oh no, they go be broken. That's why they're angry. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I say I can't get mad at them parting. I mean, like, oof. Yeah, can, can only be. I can only imagine what how you look at your future from that perspective. Hell yeah! But the time you hit middle age, like there's gonna be beachfront property in Iowa. So I like, respect mm. y'all. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Peace. In the deepest ocean The bottom of the sea